we should pay more attention about global warming. It is fact. I care about climate justice and the living planet. The capacity to shape our own destiny. Good morning, lovely people. I'm Mattis, and you're listening to the second episode of Actors of Change, proposed by the Cyrus Radio Club and the Goodwill Committee. What is it? Well, we present to you people that initiated paths to shape a more sustainable world. For this episode, I'm glad to present to you Camero, a sustainable fashion designer. We will go through its brand, the scenes of the fashion industry, but also his personal journey toward more sustainability. And I also want to mention that an ethical fashion show will take place the 23rd of April, in which Cameo and other sustainable fashion designers will present their work. The idea is to show an alternative way of approaching fashion and promoting local artists. Tickets will be available in the upcoming weeks, and there also will be an option to support our sustainable design. Stay tuned on the Cyrus Instagram page. And, well, without further ado, your guest. What is your primary like activity on a day-to-day basis? Primary activity on a day-to-day basis would be, well, right now, I, I'm not making enough money from this business to support myself, let's say, by paying rent, paying for food, etc. So in order for that, I work as a painter. And let's say after work around six or seven, I'll start working on this. And that mainly consists of social media marketing. So Instagram and especially making TikTok videos. And just with those videos, it's I either try to inspire, educate, or yeah, there was a third one. Inspire, educate, or entertain my audience in regards to vintage, uh, sustainability, and fashion. How did you get like the urge to launch your own brand and why an ethical one? So uh, when I was in university, we had this thing called the company project. And the company project is basically to use all the theory that you got throughout uh, the years of studying and implement that into something practical. And you had three options. You can either go for a social enterprise, um, entrepreneurship, or consulting and because in that time I didn't want to start my own brand I was like okay let me help a brand out so I chose to be a consultant for a CrossFit company and I saw that this guy uh, didn't even go to uni didn't do anything he just he just started his own CrossFit company and I saw that because he was so passionate about CrossFit and that he really believed in his idea he was seeing a lot of success coming from that. And that gave me the idea of starting something for my own. Mm-hmm. But I also saw that with that CrossFit company, they're using a lot of unsustainable materials, a lot of polyester, a lot of nylon, a lot of materials that are not, they don't, they're not biodegradable. They, they damage the environment. So taking that into consideration, I was like, okay, what if I start my own thing and try to make the least impact possible, well, negative impact possible with that. And also try to create a positive impact and also raise awareness about environmental and social issues 
and yeah just raise awareness and show how important it is but also not like showing like graphic images and something that will turn people off let's say yeah, okay. so something that will inspire them but also not put them off because let's say w with many of these let's say uh documentaries like um for example one i saw when i was really young was earthlings and although it it did uh cause me to like make changes in my life it was really graphic and it didn't put me off but i was like oh my god what the fuck and i feel like for some people since it's so graphic and uh, it shows the just the cold hard truth that some people would just rather not watch it because it's so graphic let's say they'd rather not watch it and just learn about the issue itself yeah. they'd rather rather stay ignorant and not know the real truth because knowing the real truth will i don't know hurt them a lot or yeah. make them realize like oh my god what we're doing to the earth is really fucked up yeah create depression <laughs> yeah, yeah, and exactly. it actually eco anxiety also like that's yeah. a true issue because when i saw that video at first i was like fuck like i really don't have a lot of power like you when you watch those videos you feel powerless because okay yes you can make uh individual choices in your everyday life that can minimize that impact but you can't directly go to let's say a factory farm and shut it down How did you manage to shift from this passive position where basically you were just knowledgeable on the subject? Yeah. This kind of active position of like, okay, I'm going to create a brand to change things in the way I want it to be. How did you shift from these two positions? Um, it's, it didn't feel like a conscious choice. Uh, I knew that they were, there were some brands out there that weren't doing it as sustainable as possible. And me as an individual i like to stay busy i cannot just stay still and do nothing i was like okay if i'm gonna be doing something i might as well do it with let's say with a higher purpose as well to be like okay if i'm gonna start my own brand let's give it a positive message with a positive environmental and social impact and that people will find it fun as well and it's and it's almost like it's not it doesn't even feel like a business. It feels like you're sending out a message and you're creating this community of yeah. like-minded individuals that all feel the same way about a certain topic. And that way it feels really empowering because you know a lot of people care about this subject. You're creating a dope community and how bigger the community grows, the larger impact you can yeah. create as well. Okay, this is like what actually fuels your motivation and your yeah. work? Okay, yeah. Because I went to a business uni and I did feel a little bit alienated in the sense that I cared about these subjects because I, I, w I became vegetarian by the age of, I think, 15 or 16. And in my everyday choices, I think about, okay, what is the impact of this? Of course, I can't lead a fully sustainable life right now but i'm um, i'm trying my best to minimize my impact and when i was in that business uni 
yeah the usual the usual objective is okay let's make money let's make profits who cares what happens and since i felt a little bit alienated in that environment i was like okay let me create my own community so i don't feel as alienated okay so it's it's not it's not like feeling lonely but it's it's the feeling that oh my god like nobody around me really cares about this yeah, you're disconnected yeah yeah you feel a bit disconnected okay and what at first like triggered your let's say interest in environmental issues like how you became aware of that subject um the way i became aware of that subject was through my sister uh she became vegan yeah. uh when she was 14 and I'm, I'm from Colombia, so in Colombia we eat a lot of meat, a lot of dairy products, a lot of, a lot of, let's say, food that I know requires a lot of resources and is also unethical in the sense of killing animals. So when I would, when I'd be eating a piece of meat, uh, she would tell me like, hey, do you know that this happens and then that happens and that happens? And I'll be like, you know what? It's okay. Whatever. It's fine. And then finally, she convinced me to watch the documentary Earthlings. Yeah. And when I watched that documentary, I was in total shock. And that's that caused that shift. Yeah. Uh, how your main question was, how did I go from a passive position to the active one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, from a passive position, I was, I guess, is passive to just change individual choices in your everyday life. Uh, and then going to an active position was, yeah, by creating that community. Okay. Yeah. And what do you do like in your personal life? Like you told me you were vegetarian. Yeah. And how do you manage to like incorporate sustainability into your like personal life? So one is through my diet choices. A uh, second one might be through the, the clothing that I buy. Um, I know I don't fully buy from sustainable uh, stores all the time, but I try my best. And I also, let's say, chose a certain style that, let's say, wouldn't go uh, out of style. So you can choose specific clothing that are trending right now, and then the next year they won't yeah. be trending, and then you'd have to buy something else. So for me, I thought, okay, let me just make myself a capsule wardrobe mm -hmm. and buy things that i know are timeless so just yeah. a basic black t-shirt no, yeah, basic black pants um timeless sneakers like the the chuck 70s um and what else um i don't think i want to get a driver's license i just want to use public transport until i can yeah yeah and sometimes i feel like i'm not doing enough because no. I know you can't. You never. Can you ever no. really fully live completely sustainably? Yeah, you're gonna be using resources nonetheless. Like, um, if I go to the Albert Hein, I can't always get something that doesn't have plastic packaging around it. For example, if I want to buy rice, I can I can buy rice that had that has the packaging of straw around it, or, um, or even if I want to drink a beer. I know that you can recycle aluminium, but I know there's a plastic lining around the middle so the beer doesn't taste like metal. So it's like all those small things I think about and then I'm like, oh shit. Sometimes I feel like I'm not living as sustainably as I want to.
I go on something more like let's say like practical about the fashion uh, industry? Sure. Um, what do you think are like the kind of demons or the evils of the fashion industry? I would definitely say uh, fast fashion, okay. just over consuming, and it's it comes from both parts. From the consumer side is oh I want to buy something new every year maybe even every month because I want to stay in style and I want to buy what's trending and also from the fashion side where fast fashion I know that if I buy maybe a t-shirt from H&M it's gonna it's gonna break within one year and I'm gonna have to buy another t-shirt and it's just using too many too many materials too many resources um And then also thinking about the supply chain as well. Let's say since you want to maximize your profits, many companies are going to outsource the third world countries. The workers there aren't going to get paid fairly. The working conditions are atrocious. Like I remember, I don't know what exact year it was, but when um, a factory, a clothing factory just crumbled down in Bangladesh that or let's say in leather production they they make these kids work in such horrific environments where they're, they're they're not given the materials they need to work safely and they're because in order to make leather let's say you have to work with a lot of toxic chemicals and that causes a lot of health issues so it would be Um, exploitation of people in the supply chain, over-consuming, and wasting resources. I feel like those are the main demons yeah. from the top of my head. Okay, I see. And actually, I want to rebound on two things you just said. Like, first is, basically, we can say that capitalism exacerbated uh, and actually even created overconsumption. And what kind of remedies do we have as individuals to, like, counter this overconsumption uh, incentive? I say it would, uh, in regards to fashion, let's say, if we have to make it specific, yeah, it's yeah. buying timeless, timeless pieces. So you know they won't go out of style and also buying high quality pieces. So you know they won't break within one year and also taking care of them. Um, yeah, just showing, showing the products that you have a little bit more love and making sure that they last a really long time. So you don't have to buy it again. Like if you buy maybe a t-shirt from Zara, like a, a basic white t-shirt, you know I'll break in one year and you're gonna buy another t-shirt. But if you buy a high quality t-shirt, you know, and you take care of it, you know you can keep it for maybe even the rest of your life. Definitely, even a gym, I mean. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I don't know what this brand is, but I'm guessing it's Levi's. Yeah. And I don't know if it was thrifted or not thrifted, but with Levi's jeans, You know they're gonna. It's, you know it's a timeless product, and you can keep it for a very long yeah. time. And yeah, maybe it will break if you go and skate and yeah, you ruin it. But yeah. And the other like thing I wanted to rebound on was that you mentioned the factories in the global south. So let's say Bangladesh, Thailand, Philippines. Near. Yeah. And my question is, what is the impact of sustainable fashion on these workers there? Because if we reduce our consumption of like fast fashion 
if we try to like create more uh, textile products in Europe, let's say, what all these workers are going to become? That is a very good question because let's say most of the sustainable products that you can produce are mainly in Europe. However, I know there are projects going on, even with a former fast fashion uh, company, which is Gildan. Gildan right now is, uh, they say they have multiple projects in India, Bangladesh, and some countries in Southeast Asia, where they are making sure that these uh, garment workers are working in safe environments, uh, that they are paid fairly. And that way, the production is still in Bangladesh, so you don't take away the jobs from them, but then you can still ensure that they're getting paid fairly and that the yeah, that the environment that they're working in won't cause any health or mental issues. Yeah, okay, I see. But I guess that one remaining issue is that when you produce maybe a sustainable fashion, most of the time the price goes with it, you know? Yeah. And how could we manage to create this sustainable fashion? But still with prices that enables even like poor people let's say to buy it there are ways to buy sustainable fashion maybe it's not through new products okay. but it can be through uh, vintage products secondhand products i know let's say with 30 euros i can go into a regular store and maybe buy one t-shirt but with those same 30 euros i can go to a thrift store and get a pair of pants a t-shirt a bag a hat and that way i feel like you can make sustainable fashion affordable and even even with let's say food like i know a couple of friends that tell me like yo i'd love to go vegan or vegetarian but being vegan or vegetarian is so expensive and i'm like yes of course if you buy let's say for example the beyond meat burger or meat substitutes it's gonna cost you more but when you think of it what costs more a piece of meat or a can of beans rice um so i think with in just in regards to food you can get lazy and just make let's say rice with uh, chicken or a piece of beef and that will fill you up however with vegetarian and vegan uh choices or options you're gonna have to be a little bit more creative to make the ta- the food taste better, uh, add more spices, because you can manipulate vegetables in a lot of ways. Let's say, for example, okay, meat substitutes are very expensive, so you can make your own meat substitute. You can buy canned jackfruit for maybe two or three euros, uh, and with a fork, you pull it, uh, put it with some barbecue sauce, and that way that can emulate some uh, pulled pork. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a general thought where like, where you think, oh, if I'm living sustainably, my costs are gonna rise by, rise very significantly, and I can't afford that right now. But there are definitely options out there, and if you just, if you get creative with it and you dedicate yourself to it, you can definitely find ways to keep your costs low or maybe even decrease them. No, you're right. And of course, because with that, I can try to convince people. I can I can try and tell them uh, things about uh, being sustainable, 
and thinking consciously about your choices and sometimes it turns them off because they feel attacked and so what i like to do is just for example if if they come through to my house i'll be like hey try this this hey try that this but i won't say like hey you should try this because it's better for the environment and uh, your choices right now are fucked up so it's trying to trying to show them examples but not to like uh, directly go at them because then they feel attacked and then they're even more unmotivated because then let's say online and then even in real life when people say vegans they immediately think of a certain idea like these preachy uh, judgmental people that think they're better than everyone but I know there are some vegans that are actually like that but many of them they just don't want to uh, have a large impact on the environment and it's a personal choice and they're not imposing their ideas onto others and I feel like if you don't impose your ideas onto others but you just show good examples yeah. of how to live better and more sustainably that will motivate them even more Okay, now I have a question. You actually mentioned one movie that you saw when you were a kid. Yeah. And you can basically just say that one, but can you give us a, a piece of art that actually changed your perceptions of the world or, or that had a kind of substantial impact on how you evolved as a human being? So music, books, movies, I don't know. There's also another one I watched, but it was when I was a little bit older. I'm not quite sure what the name is called but uh i think it was called okra or it was like uh this this little girl had like um like a like kind of like pig type of cow animal uh and she she was best friends with it she fell in love with it she was like oh this is my best friend and then one day they took it away to the factory farm and there you saw a bunch of those same animals around and that just gave the prime example of how all these like conscious beings uh, are being treated, are being mistreated, and yeah, it's 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 like it's a very it's a very emotional movie, and I'm like, holy shit, that's what's happening with cows, pigs, and chickens yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you know? that was actually the Netflix movie uh, Okja, right? Okja, yes, yeah, Okja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okra's the it. the vegetable, but Okja, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, really nice. No, I really love this movie. And let's say my last question, um, if you had maybe one piece of advice for people on how to prioritize sustainability in all aspects of their lives, what would it be? I think it would be just think, just think of future generations, think of your kids, because right now, like me and you, we're, we're living a good life and we're living a good life because we have we still have so many resources on this earth that allow us to live this way. And I think it would be very selfish if future generations couldn't live like us and would have to think about all of these issues that we have caused. So we, we put all of these issues on the next generation because we just didn't care because there was enough resources when we were living in this generation. So for the next generations, it's like, try to live more sustainably because 
that way they can use uh, the resources that are left and they will also learn how to keep those resources and how do I say it like yeah make sure that the resources for the next generation are not depleted and that they can live a similar life to what we lived and if we start with this generation of showing how to live more sustainably how to um, use resources more effectively we can teach that to them and then they can take that to the next level to the next generation and eventually we can live on this earth without having to deplete all its resources because i know now that with the current population that we are having now we're ba we're basically needing like two and a half earths of resources to make it sustainable but we only have one and it's better to stay on this earth and take care of it instead of i don't know going to mars and making farms there you know <laughs> And before leaving, I want to thank warmly Camillo for his time. His Instagram is in the description if you want to take a look to his creations. I also want to thank my friend Gus for the music of the podcast. His work is also in the description. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for your time. I hope you enjoyed. Meanwhile, take care and bye-bye.